Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen posts on Tumblr, joined with Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho. You can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. Eon. Hey, this is Eon. I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. Emmy. Hi, I'm Emmy, and you can find me at the Golden Kitten King on Tumblr. And Donkey. Hey, I'm Donkey Lake. You can find me at Donkey underscore Lake on Tumblr. <laughs> on Tumblr? What? This yeah, is I got a Tumblr. <gasps> oh my gosh! It's exciting! It's real wild. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm if tumbling I could... all over the place like a little dwarf man. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I could ever figure out my Tumblr password, I will be sure to check you out and add you. <laughs> so anyway, thank, thank you all for uh, returning to us and uh, joining us for this continuation of the Tyrion chapters. We're going to go on to Game of Thrones, Tyrion 7. And of course, spoiler warnings for everybody, um, books and show. Okay, so I'm going to do a quick recap because I love it when you guys do this. Um, King Robert is dead. Um, Ned produces King Robert's letter proclaiming him regent and protector of the realm until Joffrey is of age. Cersei rips it in half and she, and she promises that he can go home and live in peace if he swears fealty to Joffrey. He, of course, refuses and names Stannis the true heir. Um, he then commands the city watch to take Cersei into custody, but instead they turn on him, killing all of his men. Peter holds Ned by the throat with a dagger. The Lannister um, soldiers attack and kill any Stark men they can. Arya manages to escape and Sansa is held captive. She writes a letter to her brother, um, pushed by Cersei. Catelyn wants to send Rob back to Winterfell, but he knows now um, that he'll lose face with his men. Catelyn believes war is the only option. Uh, we learn that Jamie has marched up the Golden Tooth, forcing Tully armies back to River Run, and Lord Tywin has ambushed Lord Beric's men from King's Landing, killing most of them. And it's unclear at this point whether Beric and Darien has escaped. The only option is now to ride south and fight Lord Tywin in the south. Rob plans to split his army. Great John Umber will march men on foot to fight Tywin, while those mounted will race to River Run to surprise Jamie Lannister. Catelyn thinks Great John is too brash and swayed by his mother's uh, too brash, and uh, Rob, who is swayed by his mother's opinion, instead gives the command to Roose Bolton. <laughs> Doe. <laughs> so Rob asks his mother to go back to Winterfell and Catelyn instead wishes to see her dying father instead and that brings us to the Tyrion chapter um, so we have Tyrion and 300 men of uh, the mountain clans arriving at a Lannister camp there's about 20,000 or so at the crossroads um, before mm-hmm. they can uh agree if they should approach Tyrion rides out ahead of them and it's just real short here guys I've got a little snippet um that was the trouble with the clans they had an absurd notion that every man's voice should be heard in council so they argued about 
everything endlessly. Even their women were allowed to speak. Small wonder that it had been hundreds of years since they last threatened the Vale with anything beyond an occasional raid. Tyrion meant to change that. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. <laughs> All because they let the women speak in council, obviously. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that we have, like, I don't know, you kind of... By the way that the clan's men, of course, are written with the way they speak, it's very gruff and caveman-like, if you will. But, uh, you know, social-politically, they were quite advanced compared to <laughs> their Western oh, well, that's, sea counterpoints. That is true. That's, I didn't even think yeah. about that. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, they're viewed as savages, but they sound like, I mean, they're have, they have like a little bit of a democracy going on. Absolutely. Well, it yeah, seems yeah. that they know where their bread is buttered, if you know what I mean. <laughs> they seem a little butter. more organized. Yeah, organized even than the wildlings, you know. Especially, well, you know, until Definitely. Mance, Mance yeah. came along. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the their problem is they stay in a bunch of clans and fight each other. If they would have just grouped together, which they do mm. under Big Papa T, that's when they really start gaining some strength. <laughs> Big Papa T. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Oh, um, Bronn is, of course, there. And uh, he and the five selected clansmen follow Tyrion um, down. The named clansmen are Chella, Ulf, Timmet, Shaga, and Khan. <laughs> I just love their names. <laughs> their names are great. <laughs> I, this is like a little interesting snippet that I kind of forgot it was Timmet, son of Timmet. He is a burned man. Um, yep. They have like this um, way of displaying courage by burning parts of their bodies. And like Timmet is extra special because he took out his own left eye with a hot white knife. Yeah, yeah. It's hardcore. Yeah, super Stupid badass. <laughs> and he's not even 20 years old. He's it's 19. <laughs> Well, yeah, you yeah. don't do that type of stuff once you're 20. <laughs> that's, a, that's a teenage thing. <laughs> the old underdeveloped brain syndrome. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't fully formed until 22. Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> I just kind of like the, the notion that within the clansmen, there's like this extra crazy band that they don't even... Without an eye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So uh, Tyrion is recognized easily at the first checkpoint, and he is escorted into the Lannister camp where he exchanges words with Flemet Brax, who is the Unicorn Knight, <laughs> who tells <laughs> him Ty- Tywin has taken quarters at the Inn of the Crossroads, which, you know, Tyrion finds amusing. Um, so his party is taken further in, and um, Tyrion noticed that the clansmen are awed by the sheer number of men, weapons, and horses. So he's taking this as a pretty good sign, because he's made some promises. <laughs> so as they get to the inn, a corpse is hanging in the yard, the face picked clean by birds, um, and he can see <laughs> the red-stained teeth of her mouth. This is uh, the heddle woman, right? Yeah, yeah. Masha. Masha, 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 Masha. And was she let one of the <laughs> she helped the wolves? Is that what? That's what she did. I don't yeah, even know if she helped why the they wolves. killed her. I don't. I feel like that's what she did, but I forget. I well, thought... was it because that she it was her establishment that Tyrion was taken? Um, oh, so that's Ty- what it was. Tywin yeah, was yeah, punishing yeah, her yeah. for that. Yep, that's what it was. That's like, what, what the fuck was she supposed to do, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah, she's going to yeah. stand up to a bunch of nobles. That makes sense. Yeah. 
she didn't want any fighting in her establishment, too. She was really yeah. upset about them. That sucks. Yeah, that's <laughs> malarkey. And, like, later on in the chapter, we learn she makes a pretty damn good ale. Like, it's such a pity. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, yeah, I forgot I about that. that. Yeah. So good you could almost chew it. <laughs> that sounded yeah. gross to me. I was like, Ugh. Yeah, that's pretty nasty. <laughs> damn right. Really? That's I kinda how you know it's good. I kind of liked it. <laughs> really? <laughs> nice and thick and rich. And yeah. I want a beer. <laughs> so uh, after a bit of a brush up with Shaga's horse, uh, horse and the Shaga. stable boy, <laughs> Tyrion enters the inn to meet with his father. And I think I did select another one. Just give me a second. And it's, I think, the description of Tyrion, or not Tyrion, Tywin, that I really liked. Um, Tywin Lannister, lord of Casterly Rock and warden of the West, was in his middle fifties, yet hard as a man of twenty. Even seated, he was tall with long legs, broad shoulders, a flat stomach. <laughs> his thin <laughs> arms were corded with muscle. As, as, as hard as a man of twenty. <laughs> <laughs> when his once thick golden hair had begun to recede, he had commanded his barber to shave his head. Lord Tywin did not believe in half measures. He razored his lip and chin as well, but kept his side whiskers, two great thickets of wiry golden hair that covered <laughs> most of his cheek from ear to jaw. His eyes were a pale green flecked with gold. A fool more foolish than most had once jested that even Lord Tywin's shit was flecked with gold. Some say the man was still alive deep in the bowels of Casterly Rock. <laughs> That's oh, a weird those. thing to get mad about. You know, like, if someone says you shit gold, you're like, oh, well, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> it's kind of a compliment, right? <laughs> I know. It, that's how I look at it. It's like, yes, even my shit is worth money. I have that magical <laughs> asshole. <laughs> yeah. Well, if he can lose those mutton chops, he sounds pretty hot to me. Yeah. <laughs> that is quite a touch, the old mutton chop. It reminded I me forgot of how bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that, too. <laughs> And I, and even more bizarre, can you imagine Tywin with long, flowing golden hair? Like, that's even more bizarre to me. I'm so used no. to, like, this hard old man. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. But I'll tell you one thing I never forgot, how rock solid he was as a 50-year-old man. <laughs> he does sound hot, man. <laughs> Tall, flat stomach, corded. Muscly arms. Oh yeah, the oh, arms. Man. The arms. He went into <laughs> Like he was trying to make him seem hot. Like that's interesting. They <laughs> forgot the arm. That's how he rolls. And then he threw the mutton chops in and just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I fucked it all up. <laughs> well, he's been writing this story since you know for sixty years. He could have been you know who knows. He probably wrote this in the seventies. <laughs> we're caught in mutton yeah, chops. Was <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then Kevin was portly. I forgot that Kevin was. I'm so used to show people. I was like, Kevin's yeah. portly. Yeah, he was described the as old Kev. quite the so opposite. Tywin got the good genes, and <laughs> just the leftovers went to Kevin. Portly. Yep. <laughs> I couldn't help but wonder. Kevin got the old stretchy genes. Maybe is it Sir Roderick in the show who has the weird mutton yes, chop? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That beard is fantastic in the show. 
I wonder if that's why they gave him that hairdo or face do. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> Just like a <laughs> nod. A nod to Tyler. Charles Dance isn't about the chops. <laughs> they were too scared to ask Charles Dance to grow that. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, I feel we've spent an appropriate amount of time talking about <laughs> how hot Tywin is. And his weird hair, facial hair. Okay. So <laughs> Tyrion greets them, um, Kevin and uh, Tywin. And Tywin simply says, I see the rumors of your demise were unfounded. And Tyrion replies, sorry to disappoint. It's quite a curt and not very warm, fuzzy reunion between father and son. Uh, see, Tyrion thanks his father for going to war for him, and Tywin tells him Jamie never would have let a woman capture him. <laughs> the honor of her house was at stake, and uh, he had no choice but to ride for Tyrion. I like that little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's good, you know, it's a good way to show their dynamic. He the gets two of them. pretty salty with Tywin. He's pretty bold. Yeah. <laughs> no, he is pretty mouthy. He isn't. I like a mouthy. <laughs> <laughs> so Tyrion asks how the war is going, and Tywin brags of Jaime's victories. Uh, Edmure Tully is a captive, and River Run is under siege. Most of their houses have fallen, um, but there are a few holdouts. Of note <laughs> is the phrase at the twins. But Tywin thinks it doesn't matter. Freys only take the field when the scent of victory is in the air, and all he smells now is ruin. Soon as Jamie takes River Run, the war is as good as done. Unless, of course, the Starks or Arryns um, come forth. Tyrion tells his father not to worry about the Arryns. The Starks are another matter. Um, see, Tywin is dismissive of Rob Stark, calls him a boy and a child. Tyrion learns um, with surprise of King Robert's death and Joffrey's rule, which he surmises correctly is really Cersei's. Well, for now. (laughs) (laughs) So before Tyrion sets off, his father asks if he's um, up to the task of taking care of Beric Dondarrion and his fat priest Thoros. I thought that was kind of surprising. You know, I'm going to stop and there's a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I did not remember this bit. I didn't either. Yeah. yeah. Is that like kind of like an, of a, an olive branch of some sort or an opportunity that Tywin is giving Tyrion? And and this is, is this, so is this before or after he introduces the, that he has those, well, he's going to send him with other men, right? He didn't know he had the mountain clans yet. Yeah. No, they exactly. had him stormed in. Yeah. It's kind of an, it's kind of like a task to prove himself or, or maybe send him off on his way to, <laughs> to get got, try yeah, to get killed. Yeah. That's well, that's what I was how they play thinking. in the TV show. <clears throat> yeah. There is a TV show about the books. I don't know if you guys saw them, but that, that's how they play. <laughs> it, that was, yeah, that seems that's to true. be what they're aiming for. Well, what Tywin's aiming for. <laughs> Yeah, it's not explicit because, well, they do get interrupted, right? Because he asks for, what, 20 or 50 men to accomplish the task, and he promises yeah. to spank Barrett good. Um, but then that's when um, he uh, requests plenty of armor and weapons for his clansmen, and then Shaga, son of Dolph, crashes through, and then the other <laughs> clansmen follow. <laughs> 
Kevin is ready to throw down, but Tywin is as cool as snow and asks to be introduced to Tyrion's guest. Tyrion does as his father requests, and um, Tyrion kind of, I guess, addresses him quite respectfully and, you know, asks him, what brings you down from your strongholds, my lords? Tyrion wants to propose to his father a war with the Vale when a messenger enters with news of the Stark hosts moving down the causeway. Tyrion can read Tywin's pleasure at the news, and he wants to ride out and tell Sir Adam the Northerners are not to be attacked until he arrives. Sir Kevin would rather the Stark army come to them, but Tywin wants to end Rob Stark quickly so he can focus on the bigger threat, which is Stannis Baratheon. Uh, he asks that word be sent to Jamie that he is going to march. Before Tywin leaves, he turns once more to the clansmen. And I've got one more a little bit, and that'll bring us to the end. Ride with me against my enemies, and you shall have all my son promised you and more, Lord Tywin told them. Would you pay us with your own coin? Ulf, son of Omar, said. Why should we need the father's promise when we have the son's? I said nothing of need, Lord Tywin replied. My words were courtesy, nothing more. You need not join us. The men of the Winterlands are made of iron and ice, and even my boldest knights fear to face them. Oh, deftly done, Tyrion thought, smiling crookedly. The burn men fear nothing, Timot, son of Timot will ride with the lions. Wherever the burn men go, the stone crows have been there first, Khan declared hotly. <laughs> we ride as well. Shaga, son of Dolph, will chop off their manhoods and feed them to the crows. We will ride with you, <laughs> Lion Lord Chella, daughter of Chayek, agreed. But only if your half-men son goes with us. He has brought his breath with promises. Until we hold the steel he has pledged us, his life is ours. Lord Tywin turned his gold-flecked eyes to his son. Joy, Tyrion, said with a <laughs> <signed> smile. <laughs> <clears throat> Oh man! Well, he certainly knows to how to uh, use people when he he needs them. Tywin. Yeah, this chapter was awesome. <laughs> He's good. So excellent little snippets of the character, you know, character. Yeah, I, I like yeah. that chapter a lot. And and this is our first is th- this is our first introduction to Tywin, right? This chapter, the yeah. first like deep dive, definitely. I think, yeah, I mean, we've gotten people's memories of him, right? But this is the yeah, first actual, yeah. like, point of view where someone's in real time. Yes, I do believe. Didn't Guile ask us a question about that? Yeah. Yeah, let me get that one. Yeah, there's no I've, one else who's a POV that could have met up with him yet, really. Yeah. Guile sent us a Tumblr, and it says, Hey, guys, miss you. I was surprised about how seemingly tolerant Tyrone was of the mountain clans. I thought he'd be more obviously dismissive of them. What about Tywin surprised you all in this free read? Well, I mean, he's worked with the bloody mummers and Gregor. So, I mean, I guess he sort of has a sense that, you know, he's going to use whoever, you know, you know, if he views them as brutes, he's still going to do what he needs to do to. I think that they would be excellent psychological warfare against the Northerners. The Northerners are viewed as scary. These are scary guys, too. Plus, they're kind of disposable to him. They're not his men. He can he can just send them out on the front in the front. And they can be the first ones to fall, and then he sends in his his guys. Yeah, he doesn't have to worry about any like noble political fallout. 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah Arrow just... fodder. Yeah. No, he was. He, it was deftly done, as they say. <laughs> um, no, other... I think it was cool for Tyrion to see, for us to see, kind of where he gets his political savvy from. You know, like to see how he worked the room and how he used their hubris against him. How he talked about how his knights were even scared, and you know that was, you know, the whole thing was really cool. How you got to see the the manipulation up front. And it's kind of you know interesting that that. I mean, I don't know, you know, I wonder what Tywin would have thought, like, internally about, because, I mean, he'd have to be impressed somewhat that Tyrion managed By to Tyrion, convince, definitely. Yeah, yeah, to convince these men that, you know, that many people to come with him, and, I mean, that's not, well, they no could have just murdered feat. him and took, they, that's all, they, yeah. they do that all the time, if they just kill people yeah. and take their stuff, so, yeah, for him so to get know. them to not only not kill him, but now to use them as a weapon is pretty fantastic. Yeah, and I wonder if how Tywin compartmentalizes that. You know, does he just brush it mm-hmm. off like, oh, you know? I mean, it's just kind of. You know, you think he he'd appreciate that a little more in Tyrion? Yeah, I would <laughs> think so, but <laughs> he doesn't show it. That's for sure. I think too, what I, I appreciate with this chapter is, you know, for like uh, Tyrion had a lot of bra- uh, bravado in this chapter, and he was being a bit flippant with his father, but. You get all these um, internal thoughts where you can really see he has a real like a fear or uneasiness oh, yeah. for his father. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when he's walking towards yeah. him and waddling, you know, extra noticeable when Tywin's staring at him, self-conscious. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely that little waddler. Oh. <laughs> well, let's see. We got another one from Mia says, close the door and come here, crew. Have any of you heard of someone doing a children's book version of the Song and Ice, of Ice and Fire series? Mm-hmm. I'm an auntie of an awesome four-year-old girl who is smart and hasn't yet started to read. She likes stories like Frozen and Beauty and the Beast, but I think her imagination would truly be inspired by stories of Arya, Sansa, and Daenerys. And over time, Bran and John, Jamie and Brienne, Cersei and Tyrion, etc., if this doesn't exist, should it? Do you think George R. R. Martin and HBO would need want to grant sell rights? <laughs> Who would be a great illustrator or maybe a, a different illustrator for each POV? Know any writers who might be into trying out a story in this sect of fanfic? <laughs> I've know. seen some like you know fan art that was like for little it could be little kids books, but <laughs> I think it could be done. Like I like the idea for sure. No, it's not such a far off idea because like if you think of like the classic no. fairy tales, those things <laughs> exactly. were creepy as fuck. Like, those are oh my god, really That's dark. Great point. So great maybe point. like fifty years from now, there's going to be a Disney version of a song <laughs> <of> fire <laughs> board books. Yeah, you think about, you could <laughs> do it like, <laughs> like Daenerys could have like a Cinderella type theme where she goes <laughs> out and she leaves one of her dragon eggs behind. And then someone's like, oh, let me bring this dragon egg back to this beautiful girl. And then, boom, dragon hatches. Boom. Destroys the world. Do you remember cool. the, the little golden books? Do they still make them? Yes. Yeah. 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 Like, they have those. Yes. Oh, it's had, like, record players where you could play the story. And I was just, because you're, you're, you're like, like voice acting right then, made me think of those little <laughs> records you used to listen to. Those are fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Daenerys. Honestly, you, I'm sorry, who sent this? Mia? Mia? 
Like, I think yeah. she's got quite a good idea, and um, you know, like if there's a market and if there's money to be made, they would do it. And I think, like, come on, be honest, you'd probably check it out, right? <laughs> I, I would definitely love the picture book of Tom and his kittens. Oh, <laughs> snap. yes, they are definitely blepping. They're blepping all over that castle. The red keep is full of bleps. They look like the, they look like the Aristocats. Blep. The golden books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. Oh, what? I, I, is there any parting shots or um, maybe something you want to say before we close up this episode? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sing a song. Okay. Okay. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Get ready. Okay. All righty. Gather round, children. Here comes a song about Big T Papa. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> His name was Big T Papa, and he got a friend named Bron, and he'll drop you. They go around all day together, and then that's the end of my song, because nothing rhymes it together. <laughs> oh, that's a bonus. <laughs> there you go, guys. That was for all you children out there. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Okay, I don't know how else. That's just, I can't think of a better way to end this episode, so we're going to end it. <laughs> if you want to send us some messages, please do at close the door and at gmail.com or close the door and come here.tumblr.com. You can follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast, uh, like and review and consider supporting us on Patreon. Okay. That's it. Thank you, everybody, for <laughs> participating in this podcast. Happy Thank Halloween. You. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, you guys got Halloween plans? Yeah. Or have you already done them? <laughs> no, I, uh, I don't know. So last year, I made a, like a Hawaiian lei out of the letter D. So it was just a bunch of Ds on a lei. And since <laughs> I'm a man, it was I was the lei Ds man. I was oh, just say, oh, I was just going to wow. say you got laid by a bunch of Ds. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple of jerks that are like, oh, D's nuts, huh? And I'm like, good one. D's nuts. No. <laughs> and then you cool it away. Oh, man. <laughs> right. Fun podcasting, I everybody. I thought it was clever. It's time to close the door. <laughs> Get out.